0: Hi, I'm Pastor Nate Ramsey from Restoration Village Ministries and welcome once again to The Village Perspective. We are coming to you today with the message concerning our ability to just stand. Part one of this message we recorded with the hope that you would be able to see it from the perspective of the Word of God and the one that we had been able to share by the glory of God's with him, sharing those things that were most important to all of us. As always, our objective is to share with you biblical insight that will assist you with your day to day experiences and make it as relevant as possible for the challenges of today's society. It is important, it is absolutely essential to us that we try to share the Word of God with you in such a way that you are able to hear first what we're saying and how we're saying it and by God's grace be able to receive it for the grace and benefit That is for your life in your everyday challenges. Now, last week we were talking about the ability to just stand in the midst of challenges, in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of situations. We, through the Word of God, have found that God has equipped us, and he is speaking and saying to us that regardless of what the matter is, regardless of how it even evolved, that his word for us is to simply stand, stand with our lawns girded with truth, stand in such a manner that we Would glorify him and be representatives for the kingdom of God. So let's get right into part two of this message concerning our ability to just stand. Now, the question we must ask ourselves is what are we afraid of? Because if you remember, we talked. About the book of 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God said, He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So if God has not given us a spirit of fear, then why are we afraid? That's a question that we should always ask ourselves. And we must. Understand God's perspective because he has promised that he would protect us, that he'll be with us. Obviously, we do not take that promise and abuse it by putting ourselves in situations that we should not have. But we know the lives that we live, that there is a real enemy. A real devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that they may have life, and that life more abundantly. And the more I think about the abundant life that the sacrifice of Jesus has paid for us, the more. I determine in my heart and in my mind that we should live to the full extent of what God has made available for us. So, the question we must ask ourselves is, what are we afraid of? Not only that, ask ourselves, what is the enemy using? to intimidate us these are very important and pertinent questions because now we're talking about having an ability to examine ourselves to properly examine the situation and the circumstances that are surrounding it so that we can make the proper and most effective decision that we can for our benefit and that will ensure us the victory. We must realize that whatever it is that we're dealing with, that we may even be afraid of, it's time to take authority over it. If we are willing to get the victory, and even desire to get the victory that God has already said He's given us, then it's time for us to be courageous. God encourages us to be courageous. We must understand there is no need to be fearful or afraid because He is with us. So, Once we get that down in our spirit and we understand that provision has been made through the sacrifice of Christ, that we are able to get the victory. The Bible says that he always causes us to triumph. And it is important that we remember courage itself is not always the absence of fear. Now, of course, when you talk to most people, they would think that. That when you're talking about being courage, then you're talking about just not being fearful at all. But to be honest, it is often the willingness to move forward even in the face of fear. And you and I need to understand that the Bible clearly states to us as we live our lives and we go forth in any situation of warfare that is coming against us. The Bible states that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. What are we saying? The Bible says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we understand that it is not in our personal strength, our personal ability. And when I say that, I'm talking about the fact that we understand that we are strong through him. It's not my might. It's not my power. But it's by his spirit. Our ability to be led by his spirit. So that we are able to accomplish what God has already purposed for us to accomplish. The Spirit of God is our helper. He is so valuable and so important to us. And I say this unto you, one of the most valuable lessons that we can learn as men and women of God and being in the body of Christ is having such a personal and intimate relationship with Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah 54 and 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Isaiah said, This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. That's a bold statement. And I love it because it says no weapon does not matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter how it's designed and what its purpose is. No weapon, God says, formed against you shall prosper. Now, we must, of course, keep in mind, it does not say that it won't be formed. And that it does not come against you. But what he does say, that it will not prosper. And even the tongue that rises against you in judgment, you should condemn. We have to realize that God has put in place, through his word, benefits as being men and women of God, benefits as being a part of the kingdom of God, being kingdom citizens. We have heritage, the scripture says, that God has brought forth and made available for us. In other words, being in the family, we are part of the benefits that are received. The heritage of the servants of the Lord. And we walk in his righteousness. The next facet of strategy for us should be to know that your authority comes from a place of having intimacy in your relationship with the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say that, I want it clearly understood that as we are speaking to you about this matter, about this particular trial, about any situation that would come up in your life, it is so important for us to know that we're not talking about religion. Everything that we're speaking about here centers on relationship. I believe that the Bible clearly states. That even from the beginning, God created man for relationship, and not just for relationship, but for intimate relationship with Him. I do not believe that that has ever changed. I do believe that it is our responsibility to seek Him in such a manner, such that that relationship and the intimacy of that relationship grows, even on a day-to-day basis, if at all possible for us. And we should desire and hunger for that intimacy, for that relationship to blossom and to bloom in such a manner that the whole world, even at the very least, your initial arena of individuals that come through and in your life will see the glory of God upon your life because of that intimacy that you have with Him. In the book of Acts, 19th chapter, 15 verse, there's a description of an event that took place. And I want to describe it for you. The Bible says, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? So to give a little description, here we have what historically were Jewish exorcists, and a chief priest they were trying to exercise some evil spirits by using the name of Jesus now. It is clear, as you read the passage, you can determine that these individuals were trying to do something outside of their ability. They were trying to do something that they'd seen someone else do who actually had the ability to do it. And I'm talking about Apostle Paul. They said in their statement, when the Spirit addressed them, Jesus, I know. Well, the Spirit said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know. But who are you? And they were trying to do something that they had not earned the right to do or been empowered to do is a much better statement. They were attempting to use the name and authority of someone they had no relationship with. Now, it is vital that we understand this point because we can see it even in our daily lifestyle. Let's speak about it on a natural standpoint. It is a very odd situation for any of us if we go to someone in business, someone that's the owner of the business, And we try to use the name or the influence of someone that we have no relationship with for our benefit. And you've seen it, maybe even experienced it before. When you come before someone using the name or the authority of that person without the proper right, then your attempt will certainly fail in most cases. So here we have these individuals trying to do just that. So it's so important that we understand for these purposes, when we develop and maintain an intimate relationship with Jesus, it is then that we can walk in his authority by the Holy Spirit. That is a part of the heritage that we have received. That is a part of this life, the empowerment that has been afforded us through his sacrifice. The greater the intimacy you share with the Holy Spirit, the more of his power will be released in your life. Let me say that again. The greater the intimacy you share with the Holy Spirit, the more of his power will be released in your life. I am one that clearly believes and has experienced that. I understand that this life is so much about our intimate walk with him, our willingness to sit before him, to bow before him, And allow him to speak to us, direct and guide us on a day-to-day basis in such a manner that we will be able to be not only who he has said that we are, but who he has purposed and determined us to be. God has destiny for us. And he is fulfilling that destiny on a daily basis. And the more intimate we are, then the more we're able to see this process at work in our lives. The final facet of strategy for situations of this nature is to just simply believe. And that is whatever. It is God will bring you through. And I know sometimes people say, well, it's not always easy to simply believe. And I believe that I understand your perspective when you think that because I have been in that position. I have said the same thing in certain trials and tribulations. To believe something. Means to just accept it as being true. And if you agree with that. I understand that I have never seen Jesus in the flesh. But I believe that he died for my sins. You said, well, how do you know that? Because of what he has manifested in my life. From day one of me accepting him as Savior. There's so many stories and testimonies that I can share with whomever is willing to listen. And I'm sure you can say the same thing because I know that the Christ that we love and share shows himself in our lives. He makes him self alive to us. Christ in us is the hope of our glory. And because he's able to do that, then it becomes a personal testimony of your experiences, of the manifestations of him becoming flesh or becoming alive. The book of John, first chapter, says the word was made flesh verse 14 and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace in truth and we know that that means that the word concerning who Jesus is as God in the flesh came alive and was made a human being that dwelt on this earth and I say to you today, even as we think about the life that we live, allow his word, his presence, the intimacy that you have with him to come alive in you, to manifest it within your life on a day-to-day basis. Second Corinthians 2 and verse 14 says this. Now, thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Remember, if we are just going to simply believe him, then we have to know that his desire is that we always triumph through him. Everything we do as Christians is based upon our faith and our trust in God. The more we believe in him, the greater the impact and influence our faith has in our lives. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is such a powerful word, because we are talking about substance that is evident. Our faith is our substance, and because it is, we're able to see the evidence of it as we exercise it on a day-to-day basis. Our proof that we believe is demonstrated in our willingness to seek Him in prayer. Mark 11.24 simply says this, Therefore I say to you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Whatsoever your desire. When you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It is important for us to point out that when we make a decision to just stand and trust God, it may And most assuredly, usually will be a challenge. But we must realize that he is looking, God is looking for a generation of people that are willing to walk by faith and not by sight. We see this so much in the Bible. We hear it. In our faith-filled communities, we hear it from people who may not even be a Christian or be saved themselves. But it's important that we understand that God is backing that man, that woman of God. That is willing to believe him in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the situations, and not just believe, because we're not just talking about head knowledge. This is not just mental. It's not mental, ascent, but it is a willingness to step out and walk in that belief. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. I am so grateful once again for the opportunity to give you the Village Perspective.